Hey guys, I'm recording this here on April 5th. It's Sunday. Everyone's trying to survive the crisis. Quick note to you guys, we are moving. You know, you used to delay these episodes by, you know, four to eight months after we recorded them in terms of releasing them on the podcast. We've changed that. A lot of these interviews you're going to hear over the next many months are going to be ones we recorded only days prior. We think that's a smarter way to run the show. I've made the change. So expect more urgent information coming out. Secondly, I am getting destroyed on iTunes reviews by these people that say Nathan's rude, he's hard hitting, blah, 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 which by the way, I am. It's part of my style. It's what works. The problem is people that love that style never take the time to go leave a five-star review. So I only get one or five-star reviews on iTunes. And right now there's a streak of one-star reviews that is driving me crazy. It would mean the world to me, guys. If you're loving the show, you love how direct I am, you like the style, if you go leave a review on iTunes now, if you do that and tweet it to me, text it to me, email it to me, whatever you want. I'm going to reply with a very special surprise. I think a lot of you guys will really like it is heavy, heavy data oriented. All right. So I appreciate that. Thanks guys. Enjoy the show. Red Seal, we talked with founder Ray Rothrock on how they're planning for the virus, how they're continuing to serve their 250 enterprise accounts, specifically a lot of them, over 100 of them are government accounts in the States, looking right now at a lot of election interference related things, backdoor pathways there on top of it. Additionally, because they're backed by obviously private equity, looking right now at what their M&A flow might look like, they'll start to kind of ramp up and look at that at the end of Q2 when some of this uncertainty dies down. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Ray Rothrock. He joined Red Seal as CEO in February of 2014. It's a cyber risk modeling company. Prior to Red Seal, he was a general partner at Venrock, one of Red Seal's founding investors. At Venrock, he invested in 53 companies, including over a dozen in cybersecurity. Um, he's on the board of Checkpoint Software Technology, an original Venrock investment, and Team 8, both Tel Aviv-based companies. All right, Ray, you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sir, Nathan. Let's go. All right. So let's first touch on Red Seal for people that missed your first sure. episode in terms of what you do. And then I want to touch on the virus and how you're kind of remodeling things. So what does the company do? Well, we do a lot of things. We primarily model the network. Uh, and what I mean by that is we create a software model by which you can investigate how your network's been put together and what it's good at uh, defending. We uh, do a calculation, a vulnerability calculation or we can prioritize your vulnerabilities in a context of the network. So there are really three big things. We do visibility. <clears throat> we identify all the assets that you need in that network, which is, believe it or not, there's a lot of visibility software out there, but it always misses something. We always find it. There's compliance, obviously getting to be a bigger and bigger deal now than ever. And then there's risk management. And that's when we do the vulnerability in the network context and give you a prioritized list of what you need to fix and how to make it better. And who, so that's who are an enterprise space, SMB mid-market? Uh, mostly large enterprises with complex networks, people that are migrating to the cloud, people that have software-defined networks, and people that have wired networks, which, believe it or not, that's everybody's got one of those. Yep. And about how many customers are you serving now today? We have, about two, we have 250 customers. Okay. A large part of our base is U.S. government. They represented about 100 in those 250. We're in all the intel agencies, all the military, and most of the civilian side of the government. So they're, they're a huge part of our business. Interesting. Okay, so how, you know, obviously, you know, about a month ago or two, a month and a half ago now at this point, COVID hits the United States, right? And so, right. you know, a lot of SaaS deals are being impacted. When you last came on the show back in, I believe it was September of last year, so a couple months ago, you'd articulated, yeah. you know, 250 customers, ACVs in the 200,000-ish range, so people can kind of back into your revenue, your own bribe private equity companies, so they probably can provide you some cushion. But how are you thinking about the potential you know, recession and, and virus specifically? Yeah, well, you know, being a, a former VC, uh, having lived through, this is my fourth uh, sort of capital market crisis, if you will, regardless of how it got started. 
uh, one cannot take enough precaution. There is no penalty to being extra careful. So we have, in fact, uh, even before this really became top level news, starting in first part of March, we started thinking about Q2. Uh, we expect Q2 to be down 20, 25%. We have uh, asked our employees to take uh, a reduction in pay, which they have. Uh, we are uh, continuing to support our existing customers and encouraging more expansion, more face-to-face -face time. Uh, and so uh, we've tried to keep the level, as we used to say in the BC business, keep the bridge at the same height and lower the water so that the gap to get the ship through stays the same. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we haven't, but basically, we have increased our safety buffer and our cash and balance sheet capabilities. Uh, and our, our uh, investor has been very supportive. They've not put another dollar in, not necessary. Mm -hmm. And we're going to get through it on our own. So about two months ago, pre-virus, you yeah. obviously had projections on current cash in the bank. And if we had yeah. no new revenue, how many months of runway you have? Now, post-virus, post how long have you extended your runway to? Uh, we've we've uh, given ourselves two quarters. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, we, well, without without revenue, yeah, it's about two quarters. Yeah. Okay, got it. And so, um, <clears throat> walk me through like the communication during this time is critical for any SASIA with their team. How did you have the conversation with your team to ask them right to basically be furloughed, a reduction in pay? Well, no furlough, just reduction in pay. Okay. Uh, part of my strategy was to keep everybody employed to keep everybody working on the problems, to keep supporting our customer base. That's really, really essential so that we get through this time, we'll, we'll survive uh, this time to thrive on the other side. So yes, frequent communication. So twice a week, uh, one of my senior management teams puts out a memo. I put out something on Friday. Uh, actually, I switched to making video conferences, which everyone just loved. Uh, you know, it's a little bit more personal. You can see where I live and how I operate. Uh, it's been, been quite effective. Uh, um, and that, uh, is really what it's all about. You know, transparency right now is going to be job one. So, uh, telling everybody we expect a downdraft asking, you know, sort of making them all part of the team. Let me give you, can I just give you one little 30 second story? So, uh, we're, you know, we have customers, uh, that have a lot of operations in India. One very large corporate customer on the East coast of the United States was doing an upgrade in India last night, last night, and it failed. Uh, there was a problem. And uh, the phone rang at midnight, and one of my tech support guys picked up the phone, as he's supposed to, and he did. And he worked all night to get these guys up and up and running. Turned out our software was all good. They had done a some sort of uh, configuration problem on their end, but it took him a while to sleuth it out and make it happen. That's the kind of dedication you need, and it's the kind of commitment that my team has to keeping our customers up and running and as secure as possible in this environment. And last night so, would have been April 2nd because we're recording this here on April 3rd. Yeah, last night, thank you, exactly right. I literally, I got up this morning and there was an email, you know, here's the case, here's what happened, and uh, Gary did a great job. Well, so Ray, how many, how many full-time members of the team are there today? 150 uh, on my payroll here in the United States, Canada, and Japan, and UK, but we have about 50 people also offshore in various uh, organizations in India and Vietnam. How many? So about 200 all in. How many engineers? Uh, here in the U.S., about 53. What about total? About 90. 90, okay. And how many quota-carrying sales reps? Uh, I have uh, 16 commercial. I have eight federal. So what's that? 16 and 8 is 24. Yep. So, so here's my here's my question to you. That memo you sent out last Friday, 
Give us a little taste of, I mean, what did that exactly sound like? Like, did, did everyone take the same cut or did different roles take different no, cuts or? No, everybody took the same. Uh, okay. My goal was that we're going to, we're all going to sacrifice a little bit in order to survive. Uh, there are no special dispensations. Not, you know, if, if someone's got an issue, they can bring it up and we'll deal with it. But uh, to my amazement, interestingly, one of the other people that was affected by this reduction, her husband had just been laid off. Uh, so the fact that we didn't lay her off, you know, she was ecstatic. You know, the, the downside right now, the, the rumors, not rumors, just people talking stuff. There's a lot of bad news going on right now. So so I figured what we, you know, keep people employed and keep my customers up and running. You know, those are two very wonderful outcomes. What I mean, can I ask you what cut on a percent basis did you ask everyone to take? Are we talking like 50 percent or 10 percent or? No, uh, it's it's more to the. I don't want to put the number specifically out there, but it's more to the the latter, not the former. Okay, so more like ten ish, not like fifty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that for was, how long? Well, we don't know. So you just uh, told them in, indefinitely until until yeah, further yeah, notice. Yeah, until further notice. Interesting. Yeah. Um, so let me let me throw some other scenarios at you because I want to take advantage of your expertise being inside of other companies via your VC days. Some other CEOs I've had on uh, that are maybe around your scale, maybe slightly smaller, have done some other things. Let me give you an example. Uh, One of them basically took, so their last VC round uh, valued them at $100 million. They took 2% of the company or 2% of the unallocated option pool for employees and basically said, hey, can we pay 30% 30% of your salary, instead of paying you cash, award you stock so that when you come out on the other side of this, everyone now is a part owner of the company because they took equity instead of stock. Do you like that approach? I do like that approach. Uh, if you've got the kind of uh, equity pool to do with and a lot of VC pools, the pools are quite large. But as you know, I'm, my, uh, my backer, STG, is a private equity group and our pool isn't that big. Uh, we have already, in fact, done that. The problem, and not the problem, uh, an issue with that is you don't know when it's going to end. So if if I give you something now to take a pay cut and you come back three months from now, well, I need more because you did this three months. So you get into this slippery slope thing. That's the only concern I have for that strategy. Let me give you another strategy people are pursuing. They're trying to say, okay, we can only make investments now. We can't take the big bets with like three-year payoffs. We have to just focus on what generates cash today. And because of that, I asked some people, like, if you are laying people off, what order are you doing it? And the general pattern I'm seeing is people are laying off unramped salespeople first because they're not yet, you know, hitting quota producing that. So that's number one. Number two are engineers that are working on big dream R&D projects with maybe like a two or three year potential return. And that and then after that, it's, you know, kind of other stuff. Do you kind of agree with that pattern if people are pursuing layoffs? Well, I mean, (laughs) There's only two things to do in a startup company. You make product or sell product. And to reduce either of those seems to me a little foolhardy. If you you have to, I would actually reduce the engineering because you really do need that top line flowing in. Um, uh, Even unramped. Yeah, I mean, even even so, you know, six months from now they're going to be ramped. This is going to be a tough time, so they're going to actually learn faster. They're going to be a little bit more desperate in their actions. Uh, so I think uh, the salespeople will actually respond better than the engineers would. Uh, yeah, that's just you know based on that case you gave me. That's how I would view it. Okay. If I had okay. to cut heads, 
as a VC and one of my portfolio comes, that's what I would do. That's not what we did at Red Seal and that's not what I would ever do at Red Seal. Yeah. Let's refer back to Red Seal here for a second. So has anything sure. changed since eight, you know, six months ago when we chatted in terms of your target or and are you still seeing ACVs kind of in the 200,000, 300,000 yeah. sort of range? No, yeah, actually, uh, it's that's all running about the same. One of the things that we've implemented and we started this research last year, uh, what, you know, I, as I said, we model your networks. We create this software model that you can test and do all kinds of cool things with your network. But what we learned along the way that the world, the world has not done a good job with just basic cyber fundamentals. So we have not taken our product apart, but we have emphasized the steps along the way to get to that model so that uh, each phase delivers value and delivers a unique report. Inventory, for example, endpoint inventory. Network segmentation. These are all things we can do prior to that model because the model is hard to do. That's that's a very complicated calculation. So we have uh, broken our, our value journey, if you will, for a customer into pieces. And that's what we've done. And that's so far it was Q1. It was very successful. We actually exceeded planning Q1. And are you still pricing? Like I always ask about how people are driving expansion revenue. Yeah. Are you still pricing? And your first customer back in 2004 was actually Apple, which is cool. But are you still pricing by number of routers? So like 90,000 routers might be a two to three yeah. million a year contract. Yeah, exactly. We okay. still buy the unit. Yeah, we still buy the, uh, what is it? Uh, buy the drink, whatever that old yeah. rule. Yeah. yeah. So, so what, in terms of year-over-year year growth from 2019 to when we wrap up 2020, with your virus changes included, are you? Proje- I mean, do you think the business will be flat? Or are you still projecting some growth yeah. or no? No, we're, we think it'll be flat. Okay. Uh, uh, sitting here today, uh, you know, and given that, I have adjusted our expense structure to uh, make it out the other side. Mm-hmm. And so, how does the and I forget the name? How does the, how does Symphony respond when you come back to them and say, "Guys, listen, we're going to be flat this year." They say, please, that's great. Survive. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So that's their general feed. Yeah. One of the things that's happened, I think, for a lot of people with the virus, and I've got a few other portfolio companies, that their thesis may have changed. Our thesis has remained the same. This digital resilience concept of, you know, being ready for the attack, being prepared for the attack, knowing where the vulnerabilities are and all that sort of stuff, that remains. And so STG is thrilled that our thesis has not been altered by the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Let me... Let me put out an alternative here, which is, has SPG come and said, listen, Ray, I want you to ramp up M&A activity. There are potentially cheap acquisitions we can go do now and we'll put extra money behind you. Are you ramping any of that up? Yeah. You want to see my list? Yeah. (laughs) Well, tell me, tell me how you're building the list. How are you thinking about it? The list has been in existence for a while. You're right. There could be some opportunities and we've had that conversation. So I think once we get through Q2, there's so much uncertainty right now. People are, their hair is on fire. I think if the summer settles out, the market settles down, I think that's when we'll start thinking more seriously about it. But there are clearly a couple of technologies we'd love to tuck into the Red Seal story. It would be perfect for us. So we're not going to do anything now. That's that's just it's just too nutty. right now. All right. Before, but, but someone would say, hey, during the nuttiest time is when you get the cheapest discounts yeah. or the biggest discounts. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a you know, I'm not going to take advantage of people when they're down. I'm, I'm going to make sure it's a, a win win. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. But by the way, I, you know, I don't want to phrase it as taking advantage of people. There there are plenty of companies where even though they are, they would sell for a much lower price today and be totally happy doing it because of the, exactly because of the uncertainty. Yeah. 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 Um, let me circulate back because I know my audience will be wondering to just cybersecurity in general, right? It, yeah. it, it will continue to be over the next many months as the election, the presidential election in the States come up, yes. you know, yeah. Russian interference in U.S. elections, like this sort of yeah. stuff. Can you make any comments on this? I mean, is it a real thing? Is it not a real thing? Do you feel strongly about how the government's prepared? 
It's a very real thing. I feel very strongly we are not prepared. I actually have customers that are dealing with some of this international interference, and we're seeing it in their they're seeing it in their networks, uh, commercial and uh, government. So it's a very real thing. Uh, and you know we're all working at home, and, and the government doesn't. Everything's being pushed. So if the election gets crushed, I'm just not sure. Crushed meaning calendar wise, I'm just not sure how they're going to sort it out. But it is a very real thing. And uh, I have, you know, we we have sent a lot of ideas in and so forth about how to help secure local things. It it's a problem. What and is I, what I, what is what is a foreign? Don't name the government. What is a foreign government right now doing that you're seeing just be extremely effective against U.S. presidential candidates or current uh, you know government I, I employees? Don't have any presidential candidate information or any of that sort of stuff. But what they're doing, they are uh, putting in. Um, um, uh, observers, uh, malware that sits and observes, um, primarily, uh, being able to, uh, alter routing, for example, uh, just like what Sony did, you know, at, at the Sony situation, they, they put in malware that was, had a back door that was shipping every email out to somebody else. So it gives you get, you get Intel that way you get information. And, uh, that's the kind of stuff we're seeing. Interesting. And that's exactly why people are paying you, right. Is to prevent this kind of thing. Yeah, or to at least to identify how they're getting out so they can cut it off. Yeah, that's interesting. And we're all about pathways. All right, Ray, let's wrap up with the famous five. Number one, you reading any other new books besides the last one was Duty by Robert Gates? Yes, I am reading uh, Facebook, The Inside Story, Stephen Levy. Just, there. Just, I just got it and I just started reading it. Very yes. good. All right, number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying? Uh, the, the the CEO of Zoom. Uh, been Eric. reading a lot about him. Pretty interesting man. Yeah. yeah Eric. By the way, there he's getting. I mean, he's going to have to deal with this headline that you're seeing pop up, which are people spying on. I mean, by the way, my yeah. developers don't let me use Zoom because they know how Zoom structures their servers and they have serious security concerns. Yes, that's so. why I'm studying because he's going to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Number three, what's your favorite online tool for building the company? <laughs> Zoom right now. Yeah. <laughs> Number four, how many hours of sleep are you getting? I'm getting pretty good sleep, uh, about six and a half, seven. Okay, fair yeah. enough. And situation, married, single kiddos? I, I'm, I'm My wife and I live here in Portola Valley. Our New York adult son, who's in the musical theater business, uh, when New York shut down, he flew out here. So we're getting to spend some wonderful time with him. Oh, I love that. So one kid, and how old are you? Me? I'm 65. 65. But we had a birthday over the past six months. Happy, happy late yeah, birthday. Yes, in December, yes. All right, last question. What do you wish your 20-year-old self knew? What do I wish my 20-year-old self knew? Man, that the stock market would be at, uh, you know, 20,000. Uh, <laughs> Guys, there you have it. Red Seal. We talked with founder Ray Rothrock on how they're planning for the virus, how they're continuing to serve their 250 enterprise accounts. Specifically, a lot of them, over 100 of them are government accounts in the States. Looking right now at a lot of election interference-related things, backdoor pathway, pathways there on top of it. Additionally, because they're backed by, obviously, private equity, looking right now at what their M&A flow might look like. They'll start to kind of ramp up and look at that at the end of Q2 when some of this uncertainty dies down. Ray, thanks for taking us to the top. You bet, Nathan. Good to see you. You be safe and healthy. You too. Bye-bye.